for you are causing us to soar with wings as eagles. You have promised us, Father God, that we shall run and not grow weary. We shall walk and not faint. We declare, Father God Almighty, that in this month of October, Father God, in this month of October 2016, this month that you have ordained, Father God, as a month of grace, as a month of restoration, Father God, concerning us, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you renew our strength. Renew our strength, our Lord and our God. Renew our strength, our Lord and our God. We give you praise and we exalt you. We thank you, our Father and our God. Be glorified and be exalted in Jesus' name. In the course of this month, one of the key scriptures that the Lord has been, uh, has been leading us to pray in Christ the tabernacle is the book of Psalms, Psalm 85. Let's turn to Psalm 85. Starts off, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice? We're going to declare that for, for God's revival, that every single one of us will experience the revival of the Lord. Because when there's revival in the land, there's rejoicing. When I was thinking about that, I thought about the fact that when the children of Israel got to the Red Sea and God delivered them, there was, there was jubilant, they were jubilant and there was, there was joy in the camp because God has showed himself mighty. In the season of revival, God shows himself mighty on the behalf of his own. So we're going to pray and we're going to thank God. Lord, thank you for reviving me in this month. Thank you, Lord, for transforming my life in this month that they might be rejoicing in your house. Let's lift up our voices in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for this season of revival. Lord God Almighty, I need. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Father God, for experiencing your rejoicing, my Lord and my God, in our land. We're experiencing your revival, Father God, that there might be rejoicing in the land. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God. We give you praise and we exalt you, Father God, for this season of revival. Thank you, Lord God, for the season you have brought us in, into as Christ's tabernacle, as members of this church, Father God. Thank you, Lord God, for you have brought us into a season, Lord God, that you have ordained, Lord, to restore the years that the locust has eaten, the years that the caterpillar has eaten, the years that the cankerworm has eaten. We thank you, Father God Almighty, because your word declares that never again shall we be put to shame. So in this season of revival, Father God Almighty, we want to rejoice in you and you. Thank you, Lord God, for causing your glory and your grace to come upon us and you. We thank you, our Father and our God. We praise the name of the living God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. I believe it is verse 11 or 12 that says... Uh, the Lord would indeed give what is good, and our land will yield his harvest. When we read that during the week, I believe, uh, again, I believe it was on the second day, I quickly checked the meaning of the word indeed. The Bible says that the, word, uh, the, the, the dictionary says that the word indeed is used to emphasize a statement or a response confirming something already suggested. So what God has planned for us in this month, he said he would indeed give us what is good. And our land will yield its harvest. Not may. It will yield its harvest. We're going to thank God for, Lord, you have said you will not withhold anything 
from the righteous. And in this month, Father God, you would indeed give us what you have ordained, what is good. The Bible says the thoughts, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. God's plan and purpose is for us in this month. We're going to declare, Father, you have promised, Lord, that in this month you will indeed give us what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Let's declare right now that, that our land begins to yield its harvest. Father, we thank you, our Father, our God. We thank you, Lord God, because you have promised, Lord, that indeed you will give us what is good. Indeed you will give us what is good. Indeed you will give us what is good. Because you are not a man that you should lie, neither are you the son of man that you change your mind. The things that you have planned, the things that you have purposed, Father God, you will indeed bring it to pass. In this season, Father God Almighty, we thank you, Father God, for you indeed give us what is good, our Father and our God. That our land may yield its increase. That our land, Lord God, may yield its harvest. That our land, Lord God, may yield its harvest. Thank you, Lord God, for you are giving us what you have promised and planned. And purpose, Father God Almighty, in this season, Lord, that our land will yield its harvest. That our land will yield its harvest. That our land will yield its harvest. Lord, you have promised that you would indeed give us what is good. You would indeed give us what is good. And our land, Lord God, will yield its harvest. Lift up your voice and begin to thank God for it. Let your heart be thankful unto God. Thank God for this week that we have sailed through. Thank God for tomorrow as we are going higher. Father, we bless you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' holy name we have prayed with thanksgiving. Please be said there for a while. Well, this time we are in safety is the time for prayer. And over this week, we started our 30 days prayer on the first. Today is the ninth day. I'm saying that because if you haven't joined in the 30 days prayer, do quick. So that you will not wake up after everybody had finished the race. Those who seek God, find me. Jeremiah 29, let's look at it. Jeremiah 29, verse 12. Shout it together. Verse 12, please. Read it together. You know what God told me to share with you? It came out in the prayer of the week. The Lord told me to, that I've taught you about faith and I've taught you about the gift of healing. He says, I should tell you, He answers prayer. Amen. God answers prayer. I said in the week, I think the last day on Friday, when one of the members, we were discussing the things, the prayers that God led through the members. And two young children raise prayer points. And their prayer point was that God, sh they should, that the church should pray that God will give everyone the heart of obedience to tithe to children. That the heart of obedience to pay their tithe 
and their offering faithfully. It's quite interesting when two children are asking adults prayer on tithes because they don't work yet. They are kids. They don't work yet. But yet, from what they are given, they tithe. And for children to have the profound insight about tithing and offering that some adults even don't understand, to me, God is doing something beyond what you can imagine. But during the week, the Lord told me to tell you from all the prayer points, God answers prayer. The second thing that God told me to tell you is that His promises are sure. Okay? Today, I will give you an insight for 15 minutes on God answers prayer. You haven't received because you have not asked. And the Word of God says, even when you say you ask, you ask amiss. All right? If we look at the first sentence, it says here, then you will call upon me or you will come and pray to me. And I will answer you. If we look at this scripture, there is always in the Bible, whenever God gives a promise, there is always, always two ways. That the part of God that God said and the part of man any time that man, the, you know, that God did not fulfill his part is because he's waiting for man to be obedient. Every promise is with a condition. Even the promise is with a condition. And the condition God says here is this. First of all, God made a promise. He said, you come and pray to me and I will answer you. I will listen to you. Okay? I will listen to you. So the first thing here is your part. For God to listen, somebody has to ask. For God to listen, somebody has to speak. You may have a feeling, understand that I don't know your feeling. Even God that knows your feeling is incapable to act unless you give him the authority to do so. You own your body. God gave it to you. You own your life. God gave your life to you. But God will not override your authority to, you know, force anything into you. No, no, no. You will have to ask from God that God, what about this? Can you do this in this area? By your asking, you submit your authority to God so that God can have jurisdiction over you. And God says here, then you will call upon me and you will come and pray. So God help us to understand that the meaning of call upon him is to pray. So prayer is the only means by which man can call on to God, either for help, for blessing, for discussion, for chat. And he says then, anybody who does that, I will listen to him. You know, listen means that I have heard what you said. But listen doesn't mean I will act upon what you said. Are we together? Now, if we look at the next verse, it says, you will seek me. So haven't you prayed, God had. But then he said, now that you have asked, seek me. In other words, your prayer should not be just a one of prayer. It must be a continuous life of prayer. To seek means you commit the whole of your being towards looking for what you are you are, your intention is. 
And the Bible says, God now said, you will find me. God wasn't lost, certainly. And if God says you will find me, he's talking about something that you can do that can please his heart. Something that you can do that will attract his attention. And he says, the distinction between those who attract his attention and those who cannot is this. There are some people who pray. He listens to them. But some people go beyond that to really seek him. Those are the people who find him. You know, I mean, Christians need to know this. Somebody was sitting with me in the marriage yesterday, and we were talking, and the person was asking me, you know, about a few things. And I began to uh, explain to the person what God told me. You know, the question to me yesterday was that, oh, Apostle, can you tell us prophetically what is going to happen in Britain now that we Brexit? And I said to him, I won't talk to you prophetically. I will talk to you intellectually. That I have the knowledge. But this is what God is saying out of the calamity. There's going to be a lot of rocking of boats. God is going to shake the whole people in the UK. It has to be done before this country will come back to sanity. Because it has been determined by heaven. So, therefore, in the midst of the shaking, only the faithful will last, will remain. Alright? So, and the man said to me that you mean Christians. I said, no. To be a Christian doesn't mean to be faithful. To be a Christian doesn't mean to be faithful. There are people who are not Christians, but they are very faithful to God. They are not born again. They are not born again. There are Christians whose heart are so terrible, whose acts are so terrible, and there are people who don't even know God at all, but they can hurt a fly. They don't keep malice. They are open to everybody. They love to help everybody. And there are Christians who pray in tongues, but they hurt everything they have. They hate people. They are not, they are not straightforward. They are deceptive. They are deceitful. And there are those who are non-Christian who are not like that. Now, faithfulness, therefore, is what determines who will remain after this season. But for a believer, if a believer can be faithful, then that believer will put himself in a privilege of grace, which anybody who is not born again cannot get. I would get it now. Maybe sometime we'll talk to you about faithfulness. Because you cannot be faithful to another person if you are unfaithful to yourself. To be faithful to another person, you must first of all be faithful to yourself. In another way, don't deceive yourself. Huh? You take your life as it is. You determine what your life should be. And you give all your life the discipline that is necessary to be what you are determined. That is, not, that is being faithful to yourself. An attitude of such, you will turn to God. You will turn to humanity. And it will change things. Therefore, those who pray, he listens to them. But those who seek him, find him. Alright? But he says this, that those who seek him also must seek him with all their heart. So there is a seeking of the mind, and there is a seeking of the heart. A seeking of the mind is a, a state of being religious. 
But the seeking of the heart is a state of friendship. We started 30 days prayer. We announced it. And yet, it will be strange that this is nine days now. And somebody who had it before just didn't bother. You understand what I'm saying now? Because there's no relationship with God. There are Christians who think that they will arrest God with their prayer. You cannot <laughs> understand the principle. He says, you will come and pray to me. All right? He says, I will listen. God listens to everybody's prayer. Both the good and the bad, the ugly. The Christians, non-Christian, atheists and anything. Muslim, everybody. Buddhists and all stuff. All human beings. All creation pray to him. Animals pray. Man pray. God listens. But not every prayer he answers. All right? To answer, somebody must go beyond just when you have problem, you run to God. You must go beyond that to the place where you are seeking him because you love him. When God gives an instruction, you are the first to make sure it happens. God says, I want to meet you. You'll be there before he comes. God sacrifice everything because God spoke. Because it is impossible for God to speak and not fulfill. The only thing the devil can do, the easiest thing that can do for Christians is to make you miss God when God says, do this. And then after that is finished, you start seeking with all your life, praying and fasting, nothing happens. Because God already spoke and you missed it. Seekers of God don't miss God. They are very sensitive to God when he speaks. If you look at the scripture, therefore, it gave us an assurance from the beginning you will seek me and you will find me. But help us to know the process of seeking him. Beginning from prayer to continuous praying and praying from the heart. And then when you get to your heart prayer, you find God. God will answer you. A cry from the heart, God will attend to. A cry from the mind, God cannot be moved. But a cry from the heart, there was a man who was blind. Many blind people were, were uh, around Israel in the days of Bartimaeus. Who have heard about Jesus, even they followed him, they went to his meetings. And they went for several reasons. Some went for food and some went for just, you know, company and stuff like that. But one day, a man who had heard of him, but had not had the privilege for him passing by, had the full star of people rushing and stuff, and they thought it was political issue as usual. He said, what's going on? They said, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He said, which Jesus? Because there were many Jesuses. Jesus is a common name in Israel. He said, the Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He said, okay, that one that I had performed miracles, the Son of God. They said, yes. He changed his attitude immediately. The first thing he recognized is that this is an opportunity that must not bypass me. If you bypass, I'm doomed for life. That should be your attitude to seeking God. Because any cry from the heart will go to the throne of the Father. It will arrest the Father's heart. And God will send in favor. He asked for mercy. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He cried and cried. And the people around him said, shut up. Now, the difference between the person who seeks God and the person who prays. If he was the person who just prayed to God, he would stop. He would feel, oh, don't let me inconvenience people. Don't let me, you know, because of, because of, because of. But this man, it was his heart that is crying. 
he understood why he should cry. He understood that there is nothing that can hinder now because this is the only privilege I got. The Bible says he cried out the more. And Jeremiah applies. He says, if you, you, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. When every other thing around you is, is not, is not, is not um, uh, it doesn't matter. But the only thing that matters is your contact with God. You must find him, you must find him, you must find him, you must find him, you must find him. Then you will find him. Look, none of you in this church have the right to be poor. If you are poor in this church, you self-inflicted yourself. None of you should be having what they call bad luck. You know what they call bad luck? You struggle for this. You put no your effort in it. When it was time to harvest, it was destroyed. You start another journey again. Run, 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 run. Put everything into it. When it's time for you to get your, 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 the reward of your labor, everything wasted. If you come here, if that happens to you, you made yourself like that. Not demons, not devils, because you have not obeyed me. You obey the voice that speaks from me? Come on, let me show you a few things. Look at the book of Second Chronicles, chapter seven, chapter seven, verse fourteen. Look at what it says. Life is easier than you think it, only for a man who knows the secret of the kingdom of heaven. It says. If my, let's read together. If, uh huh, yes, mm hmm, do you know what God just said to me now? The Lord said, I should ask you this question. If this week, I haven't told you last week that you are coming to meet me for 30 days prayer. All of us who came did not come. And God was here. So, how will God feel? So, he felt so with you who did not come. He called you. You refused to come. You have some excuses why you should not obey God. It pains the heart of God. Seriously. I was sharing with somebody yesterday from Nigeria in the, in, after the wedding. And when we began to look at the case of Nigeria, you know, Americans, I said to him that, you know, I thought a few days ago, I just sat down and thought about God. There are many things that I hate that is happening in this world right now. You know, and I said to him that I pitied God, you know, because I only, you and I know only a few things. But God is the heart of all men at the same time. What people are doing under their roof. His eyes is watching it. What they are doing in the jungle, his eyes is watching it. All the killing and maiming and deception and destruction. I said, I wonder how God could. Now, I think the world had given him enough problem. The church should not add to his sorrow. Are you with me now? As for me and my house, the Lord shall always have. We want to make sure in this church we prove that God is true Amen. by obeying Him. It's simple thing. Hey, let me say this to you. One of you here now. I see your picture in Facebook, a woman, and you opened your body. In Facebook, 
You know something with Facebook? When you are not looking for it, it will flash in your, in your screen. I said, see, I saw this face in safety. I said, how can this woman open her body? Eh? I said, my God, you look like a prostitute. I said, can someone be listening to me and be like, why did I see this kind of thing? God is fed up of it. He only wanted me to see. Not everyone who called me Lord, Lord. Listen to me. That person I'm going to meet myself. But I need to tell you now. A Christian in the church does not mean heaven bound. Okay? Gathering here does not mean you are born again. Are you with me now? A preacher does not mean a born again. A worker of miracle does not mean born again. Jesus says that not everybody that calls me Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of God. But those who do the will of my Father in heaven, imagine God dressed naked. Will you bow down to such a God? Come on there. If my people who are called by my name will what? Humble themselves. He's talking about humility before God now. And then pray. For prayer to work, what do you do? Seek my face. Prayer may God listen. Seeking God's face may God answer. And then he says, and what? Return from their wicked ways. Then what God says? Then. So if those four things are not complete, you cannot get results. Then will I hear from heaven. God cannot deny himself. Go to Psalm 107. I'm going to finish there. I will finish that tonight. Our prayer continues in the cathedral. At 7. I will gather now. This is the ninth day. God promised I will visit CFT in the month of October. Somebody is slipping away when others are marching ahead. It will never be you again. I will not be a relegate or an outcast when others are moving forward in life. It's not a good story to talk when I used to be. Look at what it says here. Verse 4, please. What I want to show you here is this. It says that if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves, one, and pray, two, and seek my face, three, and repent of their wicked ways. Four, then, impossible for me not to hear. If they stop behaving according to their mind, as far as I'm concerned, has led you into doom. Stop it. It has to be as far as the word of God is concerned. If you, if you let the word of God be your priority, the word of God will take you as priority. And it will work for you. It will work for you. You know, you cannot earn from where you did not sow. Okay? 
So if you did not sow into the world, you cannot earn from it. But it says here, I'm talking about repent of their wicked ways. Even if you have done that, there is hope today. You didn't hear what I said. If you have, if you have not been faithful to God, you can change as I'm talking. Tonight we gather together, there is still hope. You know something with God is that God, when somebody changes, it is the state of the heart, not the mind. It's a decision. And with God, interestingly, He's the only being who, at the spot of changing, He forgets the past. God will not say that what you have decided, do it before I can believe. No. God believes your decision. From the moment you repent, we were saved. God did not wait for us to stop sinning. Okay? Father, forgive me. I'm so sorry. Instant salvation comes. Lord, I have not been faithful. I will be. Instant strength will come. Then he strengthens you to now go on. Now let me say to you, I want to show you just scenario of, you know, unfaithfulness. Let me read from verse 3. Okay, verse 4. This, look, let me show you this thing from verse 1, so that you can know he's talking to believers. Verse 1 to 3. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. The next verse says, let the redeemed. How many people are redeemed here? Move your hands to me. Of the Lord say, of the, uh, let the redeemed of the Lord say this. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Alright? Those he granted from the land, and he gathered from the land, from east and west, from north and south. Then he says, among these people, look at what happened to them that ended up in Thanksgiving. Some wandered in the desert of land. He's talking about Christians who just go about with friends who are worldly and do whatever they like. They wander in wasteland. Finding no way to the city. Look at That's the consequence of it. Finding no way to the city where they could settle. Then look at this. They were hungry. That is the consequence of wandering away from God. They thirst, yes, and their lives ebbed away. <laughs> My. But let's read the next verse together. Is this headquarters? Can we read it together? Then what happened? God will deliver you from your trouble this season. He will deliver you. But you have to cry. From the heart. I'll help you understand first. It's not your lips. It's your heart. But if by your, by your ignorance of the past, you are suffering today, confusion today, because of your decisions of yesterday, you can make a difference now. The difference is that you cannot continue to live in your guilt and error of old and get depressed for no reason. That is taking you nowhere. There is a God in heaven who saw your attitude. He allowed you because the way God operates is that he will let you learn. From your mistakes. To make you a better person. But haven't you. Recognized that you made a blunder in the past. Now you are suffering. He doesn't expect you to die in your suffering. He expects you to recognize. Where you have fallen. And cry to him. 
He needs your heart. That's why all the problems. He's seeking your, God is telling you, I want your heart. You know, he said to Israel that, I whip you with the, chastise you with the whip of man. You did not uh, turn to me. And I will whip you with the whip of horse. You know what they used to beat horse? You go and buy it and tell somebody to give you one, one stripe. It's only in your bones. And tell him not to have mercy. You know, like they beat the horse. Run, run. You know, they don't have mercy on horse. They beat him. If they don't beat him too much, he will just, the guy will wake up. They have to inflict him with so much injury that he will wake up and run. But God didn't create us as horse. He wants to talk and will respond. And if you don't respond, he will whip you. God will do that. And if you don't respond again, he will increase the whip. God will do that. Because for you, of course, you can't run away. There's no way you can go. It is with your mouth you confess that you have come to him. Now that you have signed an agreement with him, if you don't behave, there is Cain in the house. Mm. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> so, some of us already now, we are under that Cain, and we are wondering about looking for something to... But you know, if you can cry, he hears your cry. Look at the next verse. He led them by a straight way to a city... Where they will settle. If you have been wondering all these years, in this month, God will settle you. Yeah. That's the covenant of God with Christ your tabernacle. He says, I will visit you in the month of October. Don't you understand? If the queen says he's visiting you, is this how you'll be behaving? Then God is saying he will visit you. Do you think God is joking? Some people already have started encountering the visitation. I've been hearing testimonies and visions from people. Part of you. Cry to him. Satan doesn't want you and I to cry to God. He wants us to cry to our problem. Okay? Think about all your life. Sit down and weep. How long will you do that? When you did that last, did it change your condition? You will weep. It is you too who will wipe your face. And when you finish wiping your face, that problem will be forced to confront you that I'm still here. You know? Your weeping doesn't move me at all. There is something that can shift your problem. is your heart crying to God. Because the problem you cannot solve, there is someone who can take it out. And it's God. Look at the next verse. I love this. It says, let them what? Give thanks. Do you know what she's saying to you? The condition of your life that made you miserable, we end up in praise. You didn't understand me. I said we'll end up in praise. Look at the next verse very quickly before I go. It says, for this, he satisfied the thirsty. God will satisfy your thirst in this month. He feels the hungry. He will fill you with good things in this one. Look at what it says. Some sat in darkness and deeper gloom, confusion. Prisoners suffering in chain, bondage. Christians bound by demons. Why? For, shall we read it together? For they have rebelled against and is the general headquarters. Read it again, let me hear you. And what? Read it one more time. And let it sink into your spirit. If you look at that scriptures, there are two dimensions there. The words of God, which is the Bible. The counsel, which is the preaching of the word. Advice that comes from the pulpit. Pray, 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 pray so that you won't pray. Let us fast now so that we won't fast. Some people will not fast at that time. 
then problem will come. They will do a longer fast and yet the problem remains. Come, let us pray. Some people will be having whatever they are having. And then the issue will come and then they will be standing in the church. Please, when are they going to open the service? That will not be your story anymore. Are you with me now? God said, these people were Christians, God's people, they rebelled against God. When they rebelled against God, look at the verse before. It says 11. It's, it's, okay. They rebelled against God, and the verse before said, so darkness covered their mind. Confusion. How can a Christian be confused when the Holy Ghost can tell you the, the solution? Holy Ghost can tell you what you are thinking about. What you should do. And he's willing to do so. In the book of Acts chapter 9. God. Jesus appeared to Paul. And he went to Ananias. And told Ananias the address where Paul was. Paul was blind for three days. And he told Ananias. The address where he is. Uh, he was. And you will go there. You give him. So he now said to him. I have already told him you are coming. Hello. Look, 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 look. In the book of Acts chapter 8, you read about a young man, a deacon in the church, who finished crusade. He didn't know that an angel was there among him doing all those miracles. And after he finished the crusade, the angel appeared to him. Who? This is an angel of the Lord. Yes, I am. Now, we haven't finished the business. We need to go somewhere else because somebody needs to be saved who will go to Africa. Then they went together on the road. The Spirit said, join that man. He joined the man. And he said to the man, do you understand what you read? And the man said, how can I understand unless someone tells me? He shared the gospel with him. You see the collaboration between angel, the Holy Spirit, and man. It is man's duty to speak to man. It is the spirit of the Holy Spirit and angel. Holy Spirit speaks to, to his own anointed Christians. Angels guide you to where God wants you to go. Okay? The Bible says, after finishing the left... As they were going, they were having a cool time. The angel hit his body and he vanished. And appeared in a place called Azotus, More than 40 miles away. In a twinkle of an eye. Look, in the book of Acts chapter 10, you read about a man. Who was not born again yet, but seeking God with all his heart. In a broad daylight, an angel appeared before him. Look, if this is the same God we are serving, he wants to do better to you. We need him more like that now than in those days. There was no chaos in the world like this in those days. No confusion like this in those days. So if that be the case, Holy Spirit wants to speak with you. But the fact is when a man rebels against God's laws, words, and rebel against counsel, that rebellion is not talking about carrying placard. It's talking about you refuse to obey. That's what it calls rebellion. You come to Bible study, what is taught there, you don't do it. Even some don't even come because they need. The, they think they don't need Bible. <laughs> they think they need university pali. You know when you get certificate and graduation gown, is the end though. Graduation gown don't secure you a job. Don't secure you a future. Unless the Lord build the house. So. So. You need it. 
Now, without his blessing, it's just an ordinary paper. I met a man. That man's case in London here. He read, many years ago, he read, he read administration, uh, he, he did his first degree, he did his MBA, he did his uh, chartered accountancy, then he did his PhD. It is carb, he was using all those things to drive until those certificates expired. You know, when we have certificate university, it does expire. Five years is done. Yes, your degree is useless. After five years, if you did not start work with your degree, after five years, you have no degree. If you want to go to that field, you have to go back and do that first degree. If you don't work with it. So when a person is saying that, read, 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 I know what I'm talking about. Because if you don't refresh yourself five years after university and you didn't work with it or after a professional exam and you didn't practice, that price has changed completely. It's changed completely. I would mean now. That's the reason why you and I cannot afford to waste our life. Haven't known the word. They were in darkness because they refused to listen to the Bible and to the preaching. They were in chains, bound by Satan. Great potential and amount to nothing. Better than people who are prospering, even counseling others, and they are using your counsel to prosper. And you can't even command a penny. It will not be your own position. But you know something? Go to verse 12. So, God subjected them to bitter labor. People who are not up to them will rule over them. They will boss them. They will command them. They will shock them. They will, they will ration them. Because they turn away from the world. And they did not listen to the counsel of God. That's why you see Christians, they say they go need deliverance. It's disobedience. The deliverance, which deliverance? Who delivering you? Who delivered the thing on you that they were going to deliver you from? Now he says, so God subjected them, God himself, to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no help. Every help freeze. Are we together? Uh-huh. That child answer me. What causes that? Rebellion against the words of God and counsel. Let's read the next verse together then. Read it again. Say to somebody there is hope for me. Say it again there is hope for me. The way you are speaking today, I don't like it. This is not headquarters. There is hope for Alfred. Are you with me now? You might have blundered your life, no problem. I preach many things. I said many things in my preaching. But one thing I said very, very... And I said, well, you didn't marry a perfection of man manifest. Let your heart be in control, not your mind. Okay? I will together now. So, if you have blundered, it's because you are a mortal man. But when you hear correction and you refuse to obey, 
then you have deliberately bankrupt yourself. Has nothing to do with demons or devils. To, to go to work if you get a job, does anybody pray you to go to office? No, when you got a job, very good, well-paying job, and they say you should be resuming at five, we began to pray. You give us prayer, prayer point. That, Father, please pray for me that I should wake up at, at three to be able to resume my work. And the whole church say, prayer! Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. Let him wake up on time. Let him go to the work. Let him wake up on time. You don't wake up! <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. And they gave you letter to resume. They will give you letter and say, we regret. When you see the beginning of letter and begin to say, we regret. What follows is not pleasant at all. I will regret it now. So therefore, for you and I to seek God, you decide to seek Him. We decide to pray to Him. We decide to cry to the Lord in our trouble. Not cry to Him. How did we get here? You are there already. Because you are a human being, you blew it up. Now you are there. And so then what else? Cry to God, somebody. You cry to apostle, apostle himself is crying to you. Everybody has his own problem. Hallelujah. You think apostle don't have a problem? I do. You are my major problem. <laughs> when I say, come to prayer, I expect everybody. Especially when God visits me. I expect that the whole household is there. Because when he visits me and I operate in the unction, I cannot repeat it. It comes for the moment and it's gone. And my utterance at that time might have solved your 20 years problem. But you weren't there to receive it. You weren't there to receive it. Don't say, Lord, you mean like apostle. You have to be where apostle is. When he is with God, that is what happened to Joshua. That's what happened to Elisha. That's what happened to the disciples. That's what happened to Timothy. Don't let the devil rob you. I'm enjoying my life on earth. You too must. Do you know what? Forgetting the past. Cry to God. We are fed up of I cannot, I cannot, I cannot. I told mommy yesterday, I was just thinking when I was brushing my mouth that did the Bible say you can do all things? I said, yes, Lord. And the Lord said, go and prove it to the world. I said, what do you mean? He said, do all things. I said, okay. All right, Lord, then. If I finish this law that I'm doing, I must look for to do. Let me look at where we go. I have some medical doctors in this church. I think I have to join them. Someone says that medicine will take me seven years. As long as I'm alive, seven years will soon pass. Are you with me now? Oh, what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm talking about read. I read the article of a woman at 60. She was fed up of her job. She wanted to do medicine and she went to medicine. She's now a medical doctor practicing. You know, there are some careers that it doesn't matter the age you enter them. You can practice. One of it is medicine. One of it is law. Whatever age you enter, accountancy. They don't, they don't make you practice by age. They make you practice by qualification. Electronics engineer. I will prove the scriptures. What about you? Come on now.
glad. So I said, the apostle is looking for trouble now. Yeah, I am looking for trouble, really. <laughs> we have a God who had lived in the flesh like us. He knows our frailty. He is always willing to hear our voice. Let's stand up together. You are going to cry to God. And tell the Lord, Father, let this word transform my life. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Lift up your voice in prayer. Lord, let this word transform my life. Lord, let this word transform my life, my Lord and my God. Father, God Almighty, let your word transform my life. Lord, in this season, Father God, let your word transform my life. Father God, I ask that your word will transform my life, my Lord. Lord, in this season, Father God, that I will be transformed. That my life, Lord God, be transformed. My Lord and my God, I lift up my voice to you. Lord, I declare, Father God Almighty, in this season, every member of Christ's tabernacle would experience your power and your intervention, Lord, in their lives like never before. Lord, that your word, Father God, would transform our lives. Lord, this is a time of restoration. This is a time of revival, our Father and our God. This is a season, Lord God, that you have spoken of concerning us. This is our time. This is our season. Lord, this is our season to manifest. This is our season to enter into the fullness, Lord, of that which you have planned. The fullness, Lord, that you have prepared, Father God Almighty. Lord, we give you praise and we thank you. Lord, we give you praise and we thank you. Lord, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We praise you, our Father and our God. We glorify and exalt your name. In Jesus' name. The Bible says in the book of Philippians, chapter, chapter 4, reading from verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with God, or with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. This is our season. The man of God, apostles, just ministered unto us, said, There's a time to cry out unto the Lord. But when we cry out unto the Lord, we must cry without any anxiety. Anxiety negates the plan and purposes for God for our lives. It says, do not be anxious about anything. I don't know what the situation is concerning you. I don't know what it is. Now, in this season, you are allowing to distract or to detract you from what God has in store for you. See, there are times we come together to pray. When we stand praying, rather than focus on the solution, the enemy wants you to focus on the problem. Apostle just said, now he said, you are there already. So if, you, if the situation is there, worrying about the situation you are in doesn't change the situation. I always say that if you can't worry, why pray? Ah, you always say, why worry? If you, can't, if you want to worry, then there's no point praying. But if you want to pray, you want a transformation, you want to experience transformation, you are going to pray this morning. Father, everything that creates anxiety in me, every situation in my life that creates anxiety, I replace it with faith in your word. Because your word says I should not be anxious about anything. God, your word is true. And Lord, I declare this morning that everything concerning me, that the enemy has used to detract me, to focus me on my problem, I declare, Father God, that those things begin to lose their grip over my life. Let's lift up our voices in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
Lord, in the name of Jesus, your word says that they cried upon you in their distress. The circumstance, Father God, that we see today, the situation, Father God Almighty, that we see today, that distracts us, Father God, that takes our focus, that causes us, Lord God, to worry rather than have faith. Lord, this morning I declare that those things will begin to lose their grip and their hold over their children. We replace you, Father God, with faith in your word. For your word is true. You are not a man that you should lie. Thank you, Father God Almighty, for you have said, Lord, concerning us, that when we call upon you, you would answer us. Indeed, Father God, you, you, you do great and wondrous things that we do not know. This is our season, Lord, to flourish. This is our season, Father God, to flourish. Lord, we give you praise and we thank you. We exalt and we magnify your name, our Lord and our God. Father God, we thank you. We bless your name, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Verse 7 of that same Philippians says, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. There is peace that comes from God. That transcends understanding. The word transcend means it goes deep within. It changes the circumstance and the situation. It transcends. It over. I, I, I like, whenever I find words like this, what I do is I just switch to the dictionary. Because at times, the word transcends, you might just read it like... But when you read the meaning of the word transcend, then you begin to apply it to your situation. It says, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That means that when you have prayed and you have sought the Lord and you refuse to worry, there's a peace that comes from God that will transcend all understanding. That peace will be the guard. And in order to do that, our eyes need to be focused on the Word. So we're going to pray this morning. Lord, let your peace, let your peace which transcends all understanding guard my heart and my mind. Let's lift up our voice in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, in the name of Jesus. We ask, Lord God, for your peace. We ask, Lord God, for your peace. The peace, Father God, that transcends all understanding. You have promised, Father God, that your peace that transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, we ask for your peace, Lord God, that transcends all understanding. When there was a storm, Father God, the Lord Jesus said, Peace be still. So we declare, Father God, this morning, Lord, that your peace that transcends all understanding, your peace that transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Father, we give you praise and we thank you. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Our Father and our God, we give you praise. We thank you, Lord, because we have none but you to call upon. This morning, Father God, your children have come to seek your face. The situations and circumstances, Father God, that as your servant was ministering unto us, you are speaking the solutions into the life of your children. That which our heart has grabbed a hold of this morning, shall, we shall not let go. Amen. You reminded us, Father God, of your word of promise to blind Bartimaeus. 
And he cried even louder when he was, when people were trying to put him down. The desire, the, the, the tenacity, Lord God, to cry unto you even when people around us and situations and circumstances want to silence us. Father, we receive it today in the name of Jesus. That we shall not give up. For Father, we know you have not given up on us. Thank you, Lord, because the situations that represent the Red Sea and the path of your children that they see today, the Egyptians that they see today, they shall see them no more. The situations concerning ill health, medical conditions that, 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 you, that, that your children ponder upon and their heart is gripped with fear because of the utterance of the words of others. This morning, Father, we cry unto you like blind Bartimaeus did. Jesus, Son of Mary, Son of Covenants, we ask, Lord, for your mercy. And that situation we declare to be turned around in the name of Jesus. I speak for healing. Kidney, liver, blood, any organ of the body that is not functioning as it ought to. Every medical condition. Speak to the cancer. In the name of Jesus, I declare that by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. We shall celebrate life. Lord, in the course of this week, you have said you will surround us with your favor as a shield. Those that have interviews this week, we ask, Lord God, that your angels will go ahead. Receive that which you have planned and purposed for us. Thank you, Lord God, for this month shall not pass us by. We shall have a testimony. We shall have a testimony. We shall have a testimony. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, let's be seated.